So uh, let's transition into some Bears discussion. The Bears lost uh, yesterday evening to the uh, Los Angeles Rams. They were drummed. It was a uh, what, what was the score at the end of it, Rob? 24-10 on Monday Night yeah, Football. It was really 24-3. Um, well, if you really break it down, you had six points from defense and four, te- four points from special teams and zero from offense. The offense just put them in position to kick a field goal. And, um, you know, I, I think if you've been paying attention to this show, you kind of know how we feel about what's been going on. Um, and I'm not saying like we're sitting here uh, like Nostradamus or anything like that, telling you something and nobody. You did call the Ted Ginn thing. I, I didn't hear much Ted Ginn talk until last night, but you brought it up weeks ago about, about the returner, Ted uh, Ginn. Yeah. So and look, that that was a big topic after this game. So this is the thing: the Bears' offense was pathetic. Um, we definitely want to get into the play calling situation, which we have been beating up for a long time. But let's one play calling is the, is at it's I want to say it's at the epicenter, but it's kind of right out of the epicenter, right? It's the offensive line first, all right. Like if they don't make a move, listen, I, I was, this is the problem now. You guys have played too well to do the things that I would have wanted you to do, all right. Those <laughs> five wins move you out of what I, my desires were for this season. Now we were sitting on a text thread last night arguing about. Because I'm telling everybody they prop, they're probably going to win nine to ten games. D was like, they're going to be eight and eight. Uh, Dejan was like, they're not going to make the playoffs. I'm not sure if they're going to make the playoffs, but the I'd are, be shocked if they're eight and eight. But yeah, that's that, that's how – because they've won too many games now. And, I mean, we're not even just talking about the games that they got to play in their division that they may win, but still they got games right. out of division, their division that are games that you can say are easily unless, – unless, you know, they're not paying attention to them. Go ahead, Ryan. Two Vikings, which we know right. they can win. Alliance, right. which we know they can win. Doesn't mm. mean they're better than either team. They can win them. Jacksonville. And then on top of it, that last Green Bay game, it's the last game of the year. Green Bay might not have anything to play for, and they might just put in a just bunch of love. nobodies they while the Bears might need it. Right. They may, they may play Jordan Love, right? He may they might lock up a oh, number one seed or just the number two, knowing that they don't have a bye. Let's rest everybody because we're playing next week. Great point. So chances are there's a decent chance they can get to 10 wins, right? And that's with them not beating any of the good teams if they get a shocker like they did with Tampa. Correct. And on top of that, right now they're at the fifth seed. It's seven seeds in the division now, expanded from six. They're, they're not at the seventh seed. They're at the fifth seed, right? Mm-hmm. They may dive out of it, as you're just saying, with these going against the Saints. And then who, who do they play after the, the Saints? The Titans after that. Titans. Yeah, right, going against the Titans. Oh, I forgot the Texans. They could beat the Texans. Yeah, of course, right? If the, come on now. The Texans about to quit, right? They're about to quit. You know, they're about to win a loss and a half for being like, you know what? It's, 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 it's a wrap. You know what I'm saying? Can we it's trade so, for uh, Deshaun Watson? Is it too late? Will they go late. for Trevor Lawrence? They can't make that. Listen, that, that would destroy their cap if they traded him after signing a new contract, and you know it. Uh, but yeah, that's just it's it's the it's the problem is and you're speaking of trading, it's this offensive line, you know. And listen, nobody knew James Daniels was gonna go out for the year, even though and I, I would really want to talk about something that's been bothering me for the last two years, pectoral injuries in the NFL. And cause it's been it's been so prevalent compared to like when we were kids, people weren't going out with pec injuries. Man, pec injuries injuries now devastate the NFL, right? I don't know if these guys are getting too yoked up. I don't know what they're doing. 
Um, their opponents are just so strong. But if you just think about from the Bears have probably lost what in the last two years, three players perhaps to pectoral well, injury. They definitely lost Roquan. I remember him. Right. They lost. They lost Roquan. They lost uh, James Daniels. I feel like they lost someone else. There might have been. I know they've yeah. done it in the past. I don't know about the last right. three years. So but maybe, yeah. Yes, but and, and I'm just talking about that was just the Bears outside of out in the entire league. But yeah, you have to do something. Uh, Coward uh, doesn't seem like he's he's the guy right there uh, with with left guard. What have they seen from him? Like this is what's killing me with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Like we talked about this with Mitch. What did you see from Mitch that he should definitely come back and get a chance to be the starter again? And the same thing with Rashad Coward. They brought him back. They had how many games with him? Like ten games last year. He got whooped against Aaron Donald last year, and they brought him back just to get whooped all over again. Like, I hate how Ryan Pace loves to leave positions short, almost like on purpose, expecting coaching and hard work to be the difference. Trying to prove his point, like you just said, uh, trying to give his guys the best chance. I would have preferred to see Alex Barr out there again. Now, mind you, me too. More Alex Bark got a got he he let a sack go when he first got in the game. We all knew that was going to happen, right? Was, any I'm, team is going to put listen. Any team is going to come right down that lane when oh she, that, that's where they're going to go, right? We all knew after that he basically played a good a, a well enough game after James Daniel was was hurt. I would like we I, I feel like we've seen yes a, of, of 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 coward. Uh, t- I think we've seen enough of them. You know what I'm saying? Again, now I've, I'm not having eyes on them during practice, and I will uh, I will openly admit that. So perhaps they're seeing stuff that we're not necessarily seeing. But I would have preferred to see Alex Barr from potential from the guy that I already seen that's been getting his ass kicked uh, with Jermaine Fetty. He was going up against Aaron Donald. I won't give. I'm not going to hit him as hard today as maybe next week. Uh, because there has been some games, and I'm like, that's a big dude. And he seemed like he was playing well, but Aaron Donald was all over his ass last night like white on rice. Uh, but, again, it, it was Aaron Donald with with, with a mo Because I think Aaron Donald gets keyed up when he goes against Khalil Mack. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I think if he wants to prove being the same draft class that he's – and I think we all know he's – Hey, the, that, that contract, don't forget that. Aaron yeah, Donald no, was exactly. the highest for he was highest played and, and then here comes Khalil Mack. Um, listen, if I could have either one of the, either one of the two, I would take Aaron Donald in a heartbeat every time. I'm always the guy that wants the guy that takes on has to take on a double team at hike. Then I can move him around. I already know he's 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 disrupting. If he especially being that type of disruptor, he's taking on two guys and can still get to the play. But let alone if he's just taking on two guys, he's doing us a, a well enough job defensively. We should be able to scheme around that. Um, but yeah, you knew that Aaron Donald was going to come with that that heat yesterday. He came with that heat yesterday. Um, Sean McVay, man, yeah, real quick with his bars. You signed him off your practice squad a year ago because New England was going to pick him up. Why did you do that if you're not going to use him at all? I don't understand that. And like you said, let's give him a shot. Let's see what he looks like out there. It, there's so many weird inconsistencies with this Bears team that I just don't get. Like, everywhere I've heard Coward, that first game as a starter against Carolina was terrible. Mm-hmm. Why is he just slam dunk the guy over Alex Barks? I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Um, so that, I, I believe... This is on Ryan Pace, and you need to you go look at our J.J. Stankovich interview from last week. Uh, he gave a lot of options. I think Ryan Pace, and of course Ryan Pace knows these options. He needs to implement one of those and bring in a guard. I mean, and I'm, I'm doing 
uh, I'm asking light work by just saying a guard. All right, because I'm I know you can't go out and get a tackle necessarily right now. You have to bring in a guard. You actually bring in a guard in the DT, but you at least need to bring in a guard and help this to help this team out because the, the the way this offensive line looks and it is on Matt Nagy's play calling. But what are you really going to do when there's just there's just no time in the pocket whatsoever? Yeah, and I mean, if you don't want to trade away an asset because you're starting to see that build up right now like mm-hmm. trading up for Leonard Floyd trading up for Mitch Trubisky trading up for all these other guys this past draft what did we all say going into the draft obviously you need the corner obviously you needed the tight end but we were screaming if you're not going to go quarterback you've got to go offensive line you've got to get new tackles you've got to add some talent and pipeline to this group but you don't have enough picks and the only picks you have are late in the draft when offensive linemen especially tackles are way gone there's none left. There's not guys that you can just find. They're in the first three rounds, and all your picks are in the fifth round or the sixth round. And now, if you don't want to trade away more picks because you already have a limited amount, the only other option you have, I think, is to sign some guys. So at least go out in the streets and sign that Buffalo guard that they cut. You know, go sign that uh, the guy, the Saints guard that escaped my mind that was cut before the season. That was a big surprising cut. You know, try something, like you said. And right here, this is former Bears um, quarterback Brian Greasy talking a little bit about his conversation with Nick Folds on what's taking place with the protection with the Bears offensive line and the play call from Matt Nagy. We were talking to Nick Foles yesterday, and he said, you know, sometimes play calls come in, and I know that I don't have time to execute that play and i'm the one out here getting hit and sometimes the, the guy calling the plays matt Nagy, he doesn't know how much time there is back here and so that's something that they have to get worked out yeah boy I do mean, they <laughs> and then listen going off that you know matt Nagy had his little two cents he wanted to put in there as far as uh what he thought was taking place. Let me see if I can get this going right. I apologize again. This is our tester episode uh, as we're trying to start using StreamYard to bring you guys a little bit more of the interviews. Hit that share audio. And I don't know that I have the time to execute that play call, and I'm the one out here getting hit. Sometimes the guy calling the plays, Matt Nagy, he doesn't know how much time there is back there, and so that's something they have to work out. That's just what was said on the broadcast. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. We, you, you'll have to, whenever you talk to Nick, just kind of see where he's at with that. I, I That's not – Nick and I have a pretty good relationship, and he hasn't said – I mean, he, he'll probably explain what he meant by that. So when Coach Nagy and I talk on the sidelines, we'll go through plays in different situations and go through the defense. And uh, I'll be honest, like, hey, you know, right now, maybe get the ball out quicker. Um, they're bringing some pressures, whatnot. So uh, we were talking about game situations and game, you know, different, you know, Coach Nagy and I's conversations and our relationships. So um, part of that was, you know, the detail, hey, maybe we don't have the time right now for this type of drop because of what they're bringing and the pressures they're bringing, it's easier with that to go, hey, one, two, three, ball out. So um, that's where the miscommunication lies is those are actually conversations Coach Nagy and I have on the sidelines um, so that when we go to the field, we're ready to roll. <sighs> yeah, this is, it's funny. I mean, you talked about this. It's funny that Brian Greasy calls this. and He was the same guy that was like, I called the whole damn game when he was the best quarterback and had to walk that back. 
Um, it's, it's just, listen, it's not even important, really. It's important if the fact that Matt Nagy isn't listening to his quarterback or his quarterback doesn't feel like he can tell him necessarily this is going on. And I, I don't necessarily think that uh, Nick Foles doesn't feel like he can do that. He may still feel like Matt Nagy is calling plays that he doesn't understand. They don't have the time for it. We don't have a time for a seven-step drop. All right? I take seven steps. It's a guy two steps in front of my face. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need three steps, ball out. That's what we need to do. And that you're not being imaginative. And I mean, the real thing, and I think it's the most important thing, and it's something that we've harped on for a long time, has been the fact that it's probably time for Matt Nagy to give up that play call. But see, this is a problem, too, when we keep saying that it's time for Matt Nagy to give up that play call. I don't know if the person is on the staff. So we're asking him to give up the play call. And I don't I don't know if that like I mean, like a real play caller like Matt Nagy, we forget briefly was the offensive was the offensive play caller for the case, the Kansas City Chiefs. And it, basically, we all kind of know that Andy Reid had taken it back. He's not Eric Benamy. All right. Who has had that job for a certain amount of time uh, and has proven his worth in that job. But here's a little bit about Matt Nagy, Benny's question about the play call uh, after the game yesterday. Chris Emma. Matt, you spoke last night about starting the evaluations on offense with yourself. Where do you feel you are as a play caller? And is that a role that you would consider giving up to Bill Lazor or somebody else on staff? Yeah, you know, I like I said, I, I always um, I look at all that. And and uh, that's the very first thing that I look at is that. And so I, I talk to our coaches and we talk through that that whole process. And um, I, I am I'm really honestly not opposed to there, there's there's no um, opposition from me if we feel like that that's what the issue is. Um, and, and so we, we look at that, uh, right now where we're at, um, that's, that's not where we think it's at, but at the same point in time, I'm going to, I'll always, uh, continue each week to look at it. I mean, I'll say this too, when you're in a little bit of a rut, like we are a lot of bit of a rut, like we are right now, um, you have to look at everything. And sometimes even if it's just a little bit of a change somewhere too, uh, you have to, you have to be able to do that. Um, no one here, coach and or player, has too big of an ego to think that um, it's not them, right, as a player or a coach. So we just – we talk through those those kind of decisions. And, uh, you know, we just keep evaluating and rolling and, and seeing where we're at. Seeing where we're at. It's called bullshit. <laughs> you, sir. Always seeing where we're at. You, gonna sir, see. have a big e- ego. All right, now it's Chris Emma. From uh, six seven in the score, I believe Chris Simmons reports for uh, when it comes to Chicago Bears. Listen, you sir have the ego uh, that you when it came up with that question that you can't sit there and give this up. We've known since last year that you aren't good at the play call. And again, I wanted to point out how little time he had at that job. Uh, he's really learning on the job. And his bigger job is to be the CEO of this team. And the thing that I was talking about in our text thread yesterday, I don't really care if Matt Nagy gets fired. I, first of all, Matt Nagy's not getting fired. Let me leave with that. He's not getting fired. I don't think he's well, getting Well, it would take – they'd have to lose, like, all the rest of their game. Like, the it would take game. a disaster. Yeah, it would take uh, – listen, they would have to win one more game for the rest of the year, right? Like, embarrassed against the Packers twice. Yes. Really bad. And, and, and uh, with no that's not probably going to happen, all right, especially with how good this defense has rebounded. I know yesterday you wouldn't necessarily say that, but they were on the field all day. 
Uh, and also you had a, a Sean McVay in, in rare form coming at the team that he knows fairly well, let alone when we talk about Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. Don't think Sean McVay doesn't look at Matt Nagy like they compared right. you to me, right? Like, so you are not me, sir. All right. I know me. And I look at you and you, sir, are none of me. And on top of it, too, like the Bears against the Rams, they have just looked so lackluster except when they've been at home with that frigid cold against them Mm -hmm. i mean they got no juice or energy whatsoever and i'm with you like matt Nagy, the ceo play calling sometimes it's all about uh the ability like we talk about with sean mcveigh he just seems to have a natural ability at being an offensive genius and a lot of people keep hiring his assistants hoping to catch that that cup of coffee with sean mcveigh thing Matt Nagy, we don't know if he's a play caller. He might not even have that ability, that intuition to just do it. And he That's had, crazy. I think, a month of uh, of it in Kansas City. Mm. He just might – it might not even be a learning on the job thing. He might just not be good at it whatsoever That's- with that, no matter how many reps. That's the point that I'm trying to hit on right there, Ryan, that 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 may not be his ability, but you still have shown that you don't lose your team. He could have lost that defense last year. He could have lost his defense this year. He he seems to be a competent CEO, but being a competent CEO is also knowing that you have to hire someone to do something you're not good at. You don't keep doing that job. CEO knows, you know what? I'm not doing this well. Let me bring in someone necessarily to do this. But he feels like being admitting that he's not doing that, that it would be a loss. Initially, perhaps, but in the long run, if you can continue to show that you're the CEO, and this is another key, you may bring in somebody who's so good at that job that they get hired by someone else and you will learn from them doing that job how to necessarily do that job better yourself. But you need to bring someone in while you're still the Bears CEO, all right, as far as the, the, the head coach, you need to bring in somebody to do this. And one, I know, regardless of whatever, that offensive line needs to be repaired, but your play calling is trash, sir. And outside of the first year when nobody knew what you had in the mystery mix and now everybody knows what's in the mystery mix and has tape on you, it's just time to let it go. I mean, I'm just being, I'm not one of these people that's out here like, Matt Nagy's trash, he has to be fired. And I'm not saying that I'm far away from those people. Like, there's a schism between us. I'm just saying that I, I still see some good points about him as being a head coach, but he has to let go play calling because that is not that man's forte to say the least. Again, now we have that zero up there because we are not live. It may just be been two, but I just want to point that out. We're just doing a tester as we put this out for the next couple shows, maybe three shows uh, putting out there. Then, I mean, not putting the safety in there. So that Davis show uh, using StreamYard here of Ryan Bukovsky, uh executive producer of everything. Uh, that we do before right now. He was executive producer of everything. Um, Just sitting here discussing the Bears, going over that loss against the Rams yesterday, going over about that offensive line and Matt Nagy's struggle at play calling, um, especially when you still have a team that can make some noise in the playoffs. None of us think the Bears are a Super Bowl contender, uh, but you can still have a good season. Um, This year doesn't feel good. Like I said, this team gives you no relax. They give you no, there's no parts of during the game. You're like, oh, yeah, baby, let's do this. It's always like, <gasps> and it takes away from the fact that you're just five and two, right? Like, they're just five, like that's, a, that's a nice record to have right here at this point of the season, especially for this team. But you, you, there's no relax, so you can't, you can't enjoy it as much as you would enjoy it is how I feel. Yeah, it's definitely been stressful watching these games. And that, 
the stress also adds with how ugly the execution is. You know, a big problem that I have with the Bears, because no one's going to get fired for anything around here. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you got to make do with what you got. You know, maybe Nagy isn't completely hopeless play calling, but I'll tell you the only way it won't be. He's got to go back to the Mitch offense that he started this year, where it was run, 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 and barely pass because I don't trust you. Because ever since he had Nick Foles, he thought, oh, we can do the Matt Nagy scheme. Now I got my guy. We can do it. No, you need a legit quarterback to do that, a guy that can either extend with his feet and make plays or is so just accurate and on point with precision at reading defenses that he can just move that ball around like something like a la Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, when they would kill you underneath and then hit you over the top. You need someone like that. Essentially you need Patrick Mahomes and you don't have that guy. And so there, what are you saying? It's also now, cause you're totally right. But it's now compounded by the fact that James Daniels is out. Yes. Oh, yes. So, like, now all that running that they did, and think about it, a lot of that was coming off that left side. You know what I'm saying? Like, or it would be where they, they were, it was a zone out and they would cut back uh, to that left side. You know what I'm saying? And uh, particularly Daniels. Daniels was the guard that was moving the most uh, this season as far as getting out. Um, and so now you have, one, you, you have your best offensive lineman out and your best guy on the run. Excuse me. And it's compounded by the fact you have lesser talent in there. So now there's mad penetration. Uh, so now there's guys in the backfield already all the time. You know what I'm saying? But I'm with you. You still have to run the ball. But that's also why I said they needed another running back. They needed they if listen, if if David Montgomery is gonna be the bruiser, you need a speed guy. If David Montgomery is gonna be the all-around tools guy, you need a bruiser. Um, you need somebody, even if they're getting that backfield, that's beating up on those those uh, defensive players and letting them know you don't want to be around here for quarters, man, because I'm I'm coming. I don't care where you catch me in the hole if you want to. You you catch me in the hole in the fourth, the first and the second. Come the third quarter, you're not gonna want to catch me in the hole. And the fun, old fundamentals is it, simple. You you listen. You had it in Mike Davis. You had it, and I, I'm not the old Jordan Howard guy, but there was no reason. Like, what's Jordan Howard getting paid right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no reason not to have a battering ram. Like, it's it goes into Mike Marks saying that he didn't need Greg Olson because he doesn't use a tight end. A tight end is another tackle in the system, basically. But you had, even though, like me and you said, Greg Olson was a receiver back when he was a bear. He used to fall down if you breathed on him. He wasn't as rugged as he was when he got to the Panthers. When he got Hell to the no. He was much more of a, a, a tight end. And when we're talking about tight end, we're talking about guys that get yak, yards after catching the ball, where or yards after contact, rather. You know what I'm saying? That it's like, no, I'm not sitting here. I'm, I'm we're about to go. You know what I'm saying? We, we're about to keep right. going. He didn't so, have yards after contact. Yeah, when he, he got contact, he dropped it. He dropped, <laughs> right? But he was still a weapon. And he was Jay Culler's favorite receiver at that point. And you got rid of And man. Not just favorite receiver, favorite man. Correct, correct. He had a man crush on Greg. So you you in a ways you did the exact same thing, get rid of something that you did not have to get rid of. And now you're in a situation. I mean, you 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 brought in Davis last year, didn't even use him, and sent him on his way. Like that, that right there is ridiculous to say the least. 
in last season what you were trying to do. And you left the covers bare with two running backs, one a scat back, basically, all right, a rookie. And at that point, you weren't even using Cordero as much as you're using him this year. And it still goes to show Cordero Patterson is just not a natural run. You're disrespect running backs. And I, listen, I love me some Cordero Patterson. Don't get it twisted. All right. I've loved him before he got here. I dug him in Minnesota, really started digging him when he got Belichick got his hands on him. I love him because I didn't know on on uh, punt returns and kickoffs. And I'm not talking about I know when I'm talking about kickoffs, I'm not talking about him receiving it. I'm talking about when he's on the, the, the defensive side. Coverage. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Coverage side. What he does is like, dang, wait, the, the, the return guys out here in coverage like this. Like that made me have a, a even more affinity for him. And I also thought Matt Nagy was going to use him in space. And even with Tariq Cohen, when he's healthy, we haven't seen Matt Nagy use his space guys, Darnell Mooney, his space guys, put them in situations. Who of has he used? They overuse Alex. <laughs> <laughs> catch radius. That's all they basically do. They, same with Jimmy Graham. We finally saw Cole Komet actually come out. And Cole Komet's a rookie. <laughs> Put that all on uh, the, the the coaches because he still has to he still has to necessarily. But to, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I'm saying they should use him more, but we don't know how much of that playbook he knows, how much of the skin. Oh man, I, I, you know what kills me with that though is like, yes, I get it, but we're act like when the coaches say we don't know how much of the playbook and the scheme. Like, all right, you got a problem because the scheme already doesn't work and it's too complicated clearly for this team. There's too many guys that are messing up all the time. I mean, they had a, a, a sequence of two timeouts and three plays because they couldn't figure things out. Like, this is too much of a scheme. They've got to simplify it. And when you have a guy like Cole Komet, who just goes out there and makes a big-time catch early in that game, makes another catch after that, we talked about it, how they don't have guys that can run after the catch and make a guy miss and get 20 yards, and Cole Komet seems to be one of the few guys that can maybe do that. He opt for Demetrius Harris moving forward after Cole Komet gets things rolling. And Demetrius Harris on top of it, again misses some blocks, almost costs you a safety with his terrible block on Leonard Floyd, and he dropped a couple more passes per usual. Like, you're a struggling offense. Can we give it to maybe somebody that could maybe do something with it? And if he doesn't know formations and plays... Cut that crap out then. Demetrius Harris ain't doing anything for you. Um, the key to Sean McVay is he does the things. He, he he accentuates the things that Jared Goff does well, and he throws the stuff that he doesn't the F out. Right, and he accentuates the defense too. It's right. like Goff and the defense. Let me accentuate them. We're going to run the ball. We're going to do quick passes. We're going to do a few shots downfield so, so we win some field position. We'll get some points. Defense, do your thing. Yeah, so I have uh, nothing else when it comes to the Bears' last game. Do you have something else you want to talk about? The only thing that really bothered me, or another thing that really bothered me in yesterday's game, how many jet sweeps and motions worked? That is Matt Nagy's offense. Why can't he do those things? Sean McVay is just like the just runs these jet sweeps and all these things that Matt Nagy would love to run. The Bears can't even come close to run it. The closest they get is that pitch to Patterson, and the play gets blown up immediately. Like, I was I was just kind of shocked. Like, I knew Sean McVay was the better offensive coach. That's an actual guru, actual genius. But to just see him do the things that Matt Nagy would love to do, and the Bears can't even come close to running it. But see, the thing is with that, it's what you're doing off of that. 
So one, they had their run game going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, all, he actually believes in the run. Unlike all your running backs, well, he did. The problem with the run with them is Todd Gurley got hurt, and he was he wasn't right anymore. And on top of that, how much money they were paying him, right? right. They depend on him. So now they're going to a running back by committee, basically, and all these guys can basically run. They got their running game back. They know the things. That, yeah, you don't really want uh, Jared Goff in a shotgun. You know what I'm saying? You want him behind center. Jared Goff is making those nice plays in the hashes that they necessarily need. And when see when your quarterback is doing that, then you can run jet sweeps. You know, like that. That's the and so even even you talking about this, Bears haven't been able to run the football since Matt Nagy's really been here. You know what I'm saying? So that's been out the window. The Bears haven't had consistent quarterback play with downfield threats. So we're basically playing eight in the box. You know what I'm saying? Like, or listen, if we're not eight in the box, all we got to do is have the safety over top over Allen Robinson. Like, we there's not that you're not threatening us enough because one, your quarterback doesn't put fear in our hearts. Neither one of them, basically, right? Even if mm-hmm. Nick is better, your offensive line is trash, and he doesn't have time. Listen, Nick Foles' time in the pocket is a lot shorter than what Mitch was early this year. There were like think about there were a couple games where Mitch didn't get sacked. He may have been pressured, but he didn't get sacked, right? Like. They're in Nick Foles' face all the time, right? Like, and Nick mm-hmm. Foles makes mistakes. Let me not make it seem like Nick Foles doesn't make mistakes. That's not what I'm saying. But he's not getting the time in the pocket that with, with the how that offensive line was playing earlier this year when they were all healthy. That that now that Mitchell's getting, he's he's not getting that. You right. know, Mitch, uh, he wouldn't step up because he just doesn't, and Nick right. can't step up because pocket. So it's just it's so that's why, like you say, when you talk about jet sweeps, you can do that because we're worried about other stuff. With the Bears, all you worry about is just sweeps, right? Like I guess. And, and like, the, how about the tempo? I thought it was genius by Sean McVay. When we get in the red zone, let's run tempo. Let's not let them get set because if they get set, they don't give up points. And then the Bears, and it was clear in one of those plays that the, the receivers or the offense wanted to go tempo. Matt Nagy makes substitutions. Anthony Miller and Robson are like yelling at the sideline, like, come on, man, what are we doing? And it takes them the third quarter to do up tempo, which Nick Foles loves. Like, oh my gosh, it's just the Bears are doing random things, and the Rams are doing an offense. I do think they should play up tempo often, and it's funny when they got in the third, they did that. I was like, I wonder if this was the plan because I wonder if they don't want to, even with Nick Foles, play up tempo and go three and out and have the defense in all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I do. I wonder. I think they think. I'm not That's saying fair. A minute more often, especially when it's working. But I do wonder sometimes it's like, you but know, Ken, you know what I would say to that? Why don't you do it early when it's zero zero still? And if it's not working, then you get rid of it. Because wouldn't that help the offensive line when you get to just pound on the same guys and not let them rotate in and out? They're in nickel. And you can sit there instead of going up against three linebackers, go up against the safety. Yeah, it definitely would benefit you. Uh, to say the least. So I'm, I agree with you. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to point out. I'm trying to give him something. That's a great point. I mean, because it's fair. Like we know Chuck Pagano's been coaching to not give up the big play because he doesn't know if his offense will give him back that touchdown that they give up. So I'm sure Matt Nagy has a thought of that. But it's just like you, at this point, you got to start trying to do things that work or that the players just really like. Forget what you wanted to do. This is just like last year. It's not about what you want. What can you do? What can you really do against NFL defenses week in and week out? You've got to do those things. And if it's mainly three and out and punt, fine. 
But as long as you're giving yourself a shot, not doing random stuff that doesn't even work. Man, you saw what happened with that defense being out there all day yesterday. They're going to be out there a lot, I think, moving forward. I mean, you think the Saints? You gonna have all the picks? You want all the picks ripped up? You're telling me the Titans aren't going to just destroy that offense with that physical defense? I'll tell you this much: if Sanders and Thomas are healthy in that Saints game, I ain't as worried. Ooh, I don't know. They didn't even have Drew Brees, and they made it look terrible. Last just saying, if Sanders, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater was doing his dizzle though. I know, I know, but that was the game. Because remember, they didn't have I think, did the running back, but they did have Mike Thomas in that game though. Yeah, I think they did. They did have Mike Tom. And my Alvin Kamara had a bad season all last year, basically. Like well, he, that's because he wasn't paid. Now that the young man is paid, <laughs> he is playing lights out. I, mean, I, can, I can come out there now. But, hey, uh, he is. He's balling this year after that contract. Like, I'm with you. If, if Sanders and Thomas aren't there, it's definitely it'll help. But my still concern is that defense of the Saints – they're going to rough up that Bears offense like they did a year ago. Guess what? Guess what? what what's Drew Brees going to do against that pass rush, though? Because they, they know. They hey, got- maybe they throw a little Taysom Hill in there. I might like him better than Nick Foles. Ooh, I'm so scared. Oh. <laughs> I would be. The poor man Steve Young BS missed me. I, with- I, yeah, but when you have an offense that doesn't even score, uh, like scores nothing. I'm, arguing with you. I'm just, listen. Taysom Hill can get lucky with a Hail Mary. I have more faith in the Rams than I do the Saints at this point in the season. And partially it's because okay, that's fair. Mike Thomas being out. But is it a lot? Is it a lot more faith? Because I feel like here's the Rams and the Saints are a little drop off. It's you know what? If Drew Brees wasn't aging, and we've been saying Drew Brees has been aging for two seasons. If, if this was three years ago, yeah, I'm going with oh, the yeah. Right? But I mean, dude, they listen, they got a long thrower. Right, they have an actual designated long throw. But they don't. They don't need the long, the long thrower this week. They need the fourteen the point throw. guy. If you get to fourteen, that might be enough. I got two picks on Drew Brees this upcoming game. Oh, baby, got that. Got, How many for Nick Foles? Let's, let's lay. Let's just lay here. Let, let's let's lay. Let's oh, one point. <laughs> Listen, just stay at home, basically. Just stay just stay at home. Just like that play you saw with Simmons from the Cardinals. And, of course, it had to come with the play call when they kept sending, sending everything. And then when he saw the same seven guys up there, they had Simmons float back. Listen, all y'all got to do is just stay at home in that, fir- that first 10 yards. Oh, boy. I'm going to be balls are batted and balls are caught, all right, by defenders. Batted, then caught, all right? Batted. I and- hope. That would be great. That's what I I, I think. I, I'm not scared of the Saints. Let me put it like that. I'm not. Oh. I am scared of their their Sean Payton. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I'm scared of Sean Payton. He may have the defense against that Bears offense. It's not so much the Saints offense that has me quivering or anything like that. Like I thought yesterday, the Rams offense they were a little scary, but I thought the Bears defense would compete well and. Overall, they did. I mean, he gave up 24 and he scored seven. Look at the Rams' defense, dude. That's what I'm saying. And I think the Saints might have a better defense than the Rams. I don't think so. Or get something like this. They ain't got Aaron Donald, right? And they don't have Jalen Ramsey. So that's what – those keys alone, like when you have those building blocks, 
You know what I'm saying? You can sit there and you can do a whole lot of something when you got building blocks. Like when you can crush the pocket from the front, like we people, listen, we all love edge rushers, right? Oh my God, Lawrence Taylor. You know what I'm saying? All these guys, Von Miller, these, you know what I'm saying? I'm, and I'm, I guess right now I'm talking about guys that are in a three, four and they're not playing with their hand down. But even we say the great Reggie White, uh, who's probably my favorite because he had to take on contact right away because he wasn't playing in space like those those three four edge rushes. But still, Packer fan. We all love. No, I'm not. We all love those guys. But when you have someone that crushes the pocket in front, and again, even if you look at the Rams playing the Saints, the real thing where the Saints put their money at is center guards, right? Because they always want Drew Brees to be able to step up and climb the pocket. Like that's always the goal. They don't usually have as much money on superior tackles. I'm not saying they have weak tackles, but usually the money's in the front three, so Drew Brees can always climb the pocket. Imagine if they were playing Aaron Donald. You know what I'm saying? Like just when you have a guy, and there's a difference between a guy that can collapse the pocket than a guy that can collapse the pocket and get to the quarterback, it changes everything. During a brief period where we had Tommy Harrison here, and you saw that when he was healthy, the difference in that defense when you can't step up. And when you can't step up, what it allows is then those edge rushes, especially if they're not necessarily superior, let's just say they were good, you make those guys closer to being superior. Wow. Shots at Alex Brown and Adewale Agunlier. Yeah, they weren't superior. You know Listen, out of all out of sorry, both, Alex, we wanted to interview you, but then Kenneth to burn that bridge. Sorry, Alex, I, I loved you. I think I, I didn't think you should have lost your job to Mark Anderson, but um, no, the thing was, out of those three guys, this guy right here was a rare talent at the time when he was on top of his game. All right, like he was flirting, if not the best defensive tackle in football for brief amounts of time. And it allowed those guys to be able, because the quarterback can't step up. So now he's right there in their lane. So again, to me, I'm more, I'm more fearful of that Rams defense. And now, listen, I may be wrong coming up against this season game. I'm more fearful of them because that the premium blocks that they have than what necessarily the Saints have. And uh, so I, I would I would probably still say that the Rams defense to me uh, is more was more of a threat is more of a threat than the Bears and with the Saints defense. I think there's a chance the Bears may win this game uh, versus the Saints.